I love a new year. But I'd have to ask, like, what's your new year going to look like? Who made resolutions? Leave I asked that before. Who's at resolutions? Write them down. Person, very good. Who's already joined the gym? <laughs> Who's already started eating healthy? Come on. I started an intermittent fast. It's been awesome. I'm determined to do it to at least the end of January. <laughs> that's a reasonable goal for me, and we'll reassess at the end of January. It's good. It's good to have vision for the year, isn't it? Even if it's the same vision you had last year, it's good to actually start with something that you want. And it's always been my determination to, fin to, to finish the next year, so to finish this year, 2023, a little bit higher, a little bit better, a little bit further advanced, a little bit more mature, a little bit growing in all the areas of my life, even if it's just barely measurable. I'd like to get at the end of the year and go, okay, I've grown a little bit, a little bit. Let's be reasonable, just a little bit. And I know for me personally, I want to take a few things that I learned forward into 2023, but there's a few things that I'd like to leave behind. Anybody with me? A couple of things I'd like to just walk past and, and leave behind. But I really want this year, like the, Chris, uh, if, you, if you watched Chris's, Pastor Chris's New Year's message last weekend, it's only nine minutes long, it's on YouTube, but it talks about the theme for the year, which is the kingdom is now. It's that on the front foot thing. It's a, if not now, when? If not us, who? If not now, when? Let's make this a year of action. So I kind of come into the year because we'd been talking about this at the end of the year, thinking, I want this to be an if not now, when kind of a year. And I actually, you know, this might surprise you. I really like to think I'm a front foot person. And in, if you, in my brain, I'm really a front foot person. But in action, I'm a little bit of a procrastinator. I'm a bit of a last minute, you know. Better do it now because it's tomorrow. You know, I was the crammer at the end of, uh, you know, for exams. It was like, no, I've still got time. Exams not for two days. I've still got time. I'm, I'm that person. Have we got any friends? Yeah. But at the end of last year, I got to put this into action a little bit. I got the opportunity to do something that I never imagined I would do. It wasn't on my bucket list. And to be honest, I hadn't spent any time thinking about it at all. I knew we were going to do this, but I hadn't really thought about what it would actually look like. And so we got there and I immediately was like, this is a bad idea. This is, this is a bad idea, but because we've been talking about if not now, when, I decided to be an if not now, when person, and I'm going to ask the team to put the clip up of my if not now experience. Here we go. Yes, that is me. And yes, I am terrified. So that's kind of nice, isn't it? Yep. Nice, nice and low. And not so low. And, yep, I thought that was enough. But no, we're going again. <laughs> and I was so excited, I actually fell out through the door. I think it was because I was terrified. But I tell you what, it did something in me. Particularly when people said, oh, I'm really surprised you're quite good at that. I'm like, what, what are you saying? <laughs> what are you saying? It might surprise you to know that I'm not naturally a daredevil. I actually value my own personal safety. 
I've never broken a bone apart from my little toe in my entire life. And that was only because I was trying to put skinny jeans on and I kicked the door frame. <laughs> so it was not a daredevil activity. I just managed to break my toe. But I just knew, you know, you have that moment where you go, if I don't do it, this is an opportunity. If I don't step into it, what's the worst that could happen? Well, you know, what's, I'm going to heaven, so, you know, it's all right. I know Jesus. But it was like, if not now, when? And I think we need to be, if not now, when? The whole world has been on pause for two years. So if not now, when? The opportunity came up, so I did it. I thoroughly enjoyed it and I would do it again. The suit is not very attractive. It's very loud, but if you ever get the opportunity, do it, do it. John F. Kennedy and many other influential people have used that phrase, if not now, when? He used it in, in a speech that he um, did during his presidency, but it's actually attributed to a Jewish rabbi called Hillel, who was around in the first century BC. And President Kennedy used it as a condensed, in a condensed version, and he says, um, it carries the same challenge, if not us, who? If not us, who? And if not now, when? Because I think we're very good at Somebody else will do it. I, I'm not really qualified. I can't really, it's not really me. I'm a bit of an introvert. I'm a bit of an extrovert. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. But it's that if not us, who? I, I've always believed that we are on this planet for a purpose. And we are here. It's not an accident that any of us, of us are here on the planet at this moment, living our lives. And we get to choose whether we exist or we live, because there's no dress rehearsal in this. So for me, at 58 years old, I'm like, if not now, when? Come on, I'm running out of runway here. If not now, when? <laughs> and if I apply it more broadly to us as a church family, just imagine what we could achieve if each and every one of us went, if not me, who? And if not now, when? You know, I've been talking about, this is an example, I've been talking about having my neighbours over for a barbecue for the last 13 years since we've lived there. If not now, when? Because they'll move away and you won't get the opportunity. I've been thinking about studying you know, personally me, I've been thinking about studying. I was going to start it last year and it didn't work out. But I'm like, if not now, when? Let's be those people. Last week I saw a post on Instagram um, by Pastor Craig Grishel. And it was five things to let go of in 2023. And I thought, you know, that's interesting because most of the time we're trying to add to, you know. This year I'm going to add this, add this, add this, add this. But, you know, I've always thought, well, sometimes you have to let go of things so that you can add. Otherwise, you just get overwhelmed. If you've got full hands, you can't really take anything else on. So sometimes we have to let things go. So this morning, I want to actually share three things that I personally think if you can let go of in 2023, it's going to be a great new year and you're going to be living a better life than you could have imagined. Are you up for it? So you don't have to add. 
It's even better. You actually don't have to add. You can actually let go of a few things this morning. The first is this. The fear of failure. It's crippling, the fear of failure. And it might be an across-the-board thing for you, but maybe there's an area in your life where I'm like, I'd really like to, but what if? It's called anticipatory anxiety. Is it's, it's got a technical term. It's the anxiety of what if? What if? What if I step out and it doesn't work? What if I apply for that promotion or that new job and I don't get it? What if, you know, I do this and, and it doesn't turn out the way I want it? What if I apply for something and I don't get it? What if I make a mistake? What if? What will happen? What if I fail? What if? What if? It can be absolutely paralyzing because, because of the what if, we don't actually do anything. It can be all-consuming. It can be all-consuming. But, you know, I, I always like with the what if to look at the other side because there's two options there. What if? What if I don't get the job? Well, what if you do? What if I put in that application and I don't get it? But what if you do? What if I step out and it doesn't work? Well, what if there's something else that's better that you could do? What if I try and fail? Well, what if you learned something in the process? What if can go either way? So Matthew 6, 20, uh, 34 says, Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time because tomorrow will take care of itself. And what if is always about tomorrow? What if is always about the future? But how about we just concentrate on today and the worries of today and forget about worrying about tomorrow because I don't know about you, but today has enough worries, challenges, things that I have to do. How about we do that? How about we trust God and trust that He is good and that He does good and that He has good for each and every one of us. I've been following Jesus for a long time now. Maybe nearly, I don't know, how old am I? Anyway, a long time. A long, long time. But I didn't know Jesus in the first 20 years of my life. And I'd have to say, in the following years that I've, in all the years that I've known Jesus, He has never, ever, ever once let me down. Never once. I could say to you standing here today that I've been able to trust him with every decision. Now, it doesn't mean that every decision and everything I've trusted him with turned out the way I thought it would. But I've always trusted him that no matter the way it turned out, it would be the best scenario for me. Some of those things I've learned are there to grow me. Some of those things, those challenges that come, the what-ifs that I've embraced and haven't worked out, have actually worked out better than I would have thought because at the end of it, I've been a better, bigger, more mature, more capable person than I was if I hadn't had those challenges. And I think we've got to be able to change the narrative. So if you still want to say what-if, look at it from the glass half-full side. What-if? What if I apply for that and I get that? It's going to be awesome. What if? What if I put in for that promotion and I get it? That will be amazing. What if? What if is, can, doesn't have to be a negative thing. Don't take the fear of the future into your future. Make a change for the better 
make the change for a better life because if not now, when? When? The second thing is the pain of regret. We've all felt this one. Regret. Yuck. I regret it. We've all felt it. The pain of mourning something you failed to do was something that didn't work out the way that we thought it would. We've all felt it. And here's the thing with regret that I've come to understand. You can't change the past. You cannot. You could sit here for three years regretting what happened 15 years ago, but you can't actually change it. What you can do is change moving forward. You can't change what's happened. It's already happened. But you can change moving forward. So regret is actually a waste of your emotional energy because we put a lot into it. I just, it comes to your mind, that thing, and then we regret it and then we dwell on it and then we think, how could we have done it better? What could we have said that was different? What would it look like if it didn't happen? And, and we waste all our emotional energy on something that we actually cannot change. But we can change the way we move into the future. So you can view regret as an opportunity to do things differently next time. You can. This is an opportunity for me to do it differently because it didn't work out last time. Rather than a signal to give up trying altogether. Well, I tried that once, 37 years ago. Didn't work out so well for me. So I've done nothing since. What a sad life. Let's not be those people. And if you've caused in that regret, if you've caused, because sometimes when we do things that don't work out, we can cause hurt or harm and then we beat ourselves up for the next 37 years. But instead of doing that, instead of beating yourself up, do what you can to repair the damage in the relationship, in the, the damage in what you've done. Do what you can, do as much as you can. And when you've done as much as you can, then you need to move forward and do things differently. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 10 says, God designed us to feel remorse over sin in order to produce repentance. Don't miss this bit. That leads to victory. Repentance that leads to victory. This leads us with no regrets, but the sorrow of the world works death. Let me get you that again. God designed us to feel remorse, regret over sin, over things that we do that aren't right, that hurt other people in order to, to produce repentance so that we would. Repentance is not just feeling sorry. Repentance is the determination to turn and go in the other direction, to do it differently. That leads to victory. So he never designed us to sit in the land of regret. He actually designed us to keep moving forward towards victory, towards overcoming the way that we feel about that particular thing. So my encouragement today, leave the pain of regret behind you in 2022 and make a change for a better life in 2023 because if not now, when? When? The third thing, and this is a big one, the burden of unforgiveness. When you carry unforgiveness in your heart and in your life, 
It's a burden. It's heavy. It's like a big, heavy, wet blanket on your life. And it can be difficult to forgive because bad things happen. It can be difficult to forgive people. Sometimes it can be difficult to forgive God when you've really believed for something and it hasn't worked out the way you can. But if you carry that burden of unforgiveness, I can guarantee you it will crush you. It will. So what is forgiveness? Psychologists generally define forgiveness as a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance towards a person or group who has harmed you, regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness or not. And this is powerful because unforgiveness, I've noticed, it actually doesn't really affect the other person, but it really affects me. You know, um, people have talked about it being like unforgiveness being like, you know, drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. It's actually, it's actually hurting you. And nine times out of ten, the other person or group or whatever isn't even aware that you're carrying this heavy burden of unforgiveness towards them. They don't even know. And you're walking through every day just feeling weighed down by it. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 says, Lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity and insults, but instead be kind and affectionate towards one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? Ouch. Has God graciously forgiven you? Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. It's actually what we need to do to keep moving forward. Now, forgiveness is not accepting something wrong that's been done to you. It's not saying that's okay because, I mean, I don't know about you and I know you are all, you know, manifested sons of God here and you would never be like this. So this is just a little overshare from me. But I can feel quite justified to hang on to unforgiveness when I've been hurt. I know none of you would ever do that. But I, personally, I can do that. But I've learned that it only hurts me. The only person carrying the burden is me. And when I stand back and look at it, I think that's kind of odd because I'm continuing to hurt myself while that person just goes on with their life. It's not glossing over the hurt. It's not. That's not forgiveness. It's not necessarily letting that person or that situation back into your life on a high level of trust. It's not. It's not that either. But it is realising that to move forward, you need to let it go. You need to let it go because you're carrying a burden that is only hurting you. And you can do that by, you know, keeping short accounts. You know, Hurts, I don't know about you, but hurts and disappointments, they happen, I don't know, in my life quite often. Yours? Maybe not so much. And they can be little things, and then they can build into bigger things if we don't address them. And we have a a thing here at New Hope called Clean Heart as part of our journaling, where we talk about every night at the end end of the day or at the beginning of the next day, just saying to God, am I hanging on to anything? Is there anything in my life that I'm hanging on to, that I'm dealing with wrongly, that I need to let go and let you come in and fix? 
Is there anything? God, bring it up to me. And if you do that daily, weekly, even monthly, it really helps to keep that burden of unforgiveness out of your life because it doesn't build. The longer it goes on, the heavier it gets. The other thing you can do with unforgiveness is really pray for God to help you. I've had to do that. I'm like, I don't like that person. I don't like what they did to me. It's not right. That's the big thing. It's not right. I feel quite justified, but God, help me to forgive that person, release them from my judgment and move forward in my life unencumbered by that burden of unforgiveness. So free yourself from unforgiveness and make the change for a better life. Because if not now, when? If not now, when? This is the beginning of a brand new year, the perfect time to have, you know, who's back at work? A few of us will be back at work. But it's not so hectic at the moment, unless you're in retail. It's not so hectic. It's the perfect time to take some time and to go, what do I need to get rid of from 2022 and not take into 2023 so that I am able to live a better life? Because if not now, when? So my challenge to all of us today is harness the power of a new year. It only really happens in the new year. A new beginning, a new start, and make the change for a better life because to do so is absolutely in your power. It's in my power. Nobody else can give me a better life. I could win the lotto tomorrow and have multiplied millions of dollars and I might think that my life might be better. But unless I make the changes in my own life, it's just money. Make the change this new year and walk into a better life. Because if not now, when? When? When?